I thank God for what he did in Ohio this week. We're headed to Lawton, Oklahoma. You know, we have a, a, a team there, uh, Ray and Rochelle and the team there at Impact Center, and they have actually established an apostolic center. It's really our first first people apostolic center, and we're going up there to work. Uh, Justin's going, uh, uh, Aaron's going, Reggie's going, and we are going up there to help them press through in a new way this week. So send us forth to establish that which needs to be established. Now, let me show you some things. I don't want to keep us too long here today, but I do want us to see something. Penny Jackson sent me this this morning. No matter what happens in your life, you can start over. Oh. 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 You might feel like you've been cut down, you're a stump, but you can start growing again. Tell somebody. Now, that, that's important for you to remember that, and I'm just going to go quickly with this today, but I want you to grab hold of what I'm saying. I want you to stay with me today. Robert has been so awesome in teaching this month on Simeon and the month of Ab. Let's thank God for that incredible gift. And... So I knew that once he brought up and connected us to understand Peter, that I was going to be able to finish this month up. Uh, Susan Shallis wrote me on Friday before Shabbat, and she said, this is the Shabbat after the, uh, after the narrow time of Av, where God extends comfort. Let's thank him today that he comforted, yes. comforted us. Now, we are in an era of war. Now, people, when God chooses a time frame in the earth, we don't have a choice. God is God. He is sovereign. And so we just have to buck up in it. Look at somebody and say, buck up. Buck up. And it's an era of war, and it's not going to not be war. We're just going to have to know how do we walk in faith in the midst of this. See, and so that's why this whole era of pay that started at, in September of 2019 at Rosh Hashanah, which we're approaching again for this year, which is the head of the year, not the first month of the year, but the head of the year. That's where God starts releasing revelation over how for us to think. It is his most incredible month for us. And this era, this whole 10-year era is about the voice that is going to come out of your house. How supernatural are you going to operate in the supernatural, mystical atmosphere around you? How are you going to speak into it? How are you going to contend and determine who will rule in that house and from your atmosphere? You have to understand we are in a contending time right now. Now, this is what 
the year ahead looks like in this war. It's a, the war, when you look at all the words, Linda and I got together and Brian, and we spent time looking at the words, and to summarize it, it means we are headed into the war for divine recovery. Say divine recovery. Divine recovery. But it's a war. It means it's a conflict. And when you look at it again, you see that the real war is over opening up new supply routes. You need to say right now, I'm ready to get in on this new route that God has for me. You need to say, I'm ready for new supply. I'm ready for new supply. And so with that, you have to understand lots of what we go through is our testings. It has nothing to do with how much God loves us. It has to do with how do we really trust him? See, sometimes... We say, why would God be letting this happen if he loved me? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with, will you trust him in that testing to produce a testimony out of you? Something that will overcome the enemy, or are you going to submit to your testing and be held captive in this new season? Shout, I don't want to be captive. I don't want to be captive. Listen, I think that's what one of the things that drives me. I don't want to be captive to anything other than the Lord. And there's always somebody who wants to put you in a chain. And you have to war against that. And the testings you're going through... They're making you stronger. Actually, Psalm 66 says this. They're creating a new richness in you and causing a fulfillment to happen. See, in other words, you're pressing toward fullness because of your testing. Fullness is a time word. That means you're going to hit a place where everything God said, you break into it. And, but you're tested until you get there. Now, this is what I want you to grab hold of. It's where, and I I tried to stay real simple as I spent time with the Lord yesterday and this morning. He looked at Peter and said, Peter, you are. Now, I want you to look at somebody and say, you are. We have sang it all morning. See, every time you speak from your house, that gift of faith is being activated in you. You're gaining strength to turn the battle at the gate. Now, I want you to look at a few scriptures with me so we see this. Now, I also want you to get used to reading your Bible and meditating again. That becomes so important. 
The first scripture I want us to look at is John chapter 1. Because in the midst of this, uh, when uh, Andrew brought Peter, Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. And so he brings, he, he, he's seen uh, Jesus. He saw Yeshua when he came and got baptized. He was there with John the Baptist. And there was something about Yeshua, and the Word of God says this, it was the way he spoke and the authority that he carried and the faith dimension he carried. It drew Andrew toward that new wineskin that was about to form. See, John had a wineskin. It was built on repentance. He had a baptism in that wineskin. He baptized people to turn and shift their mind. He baptized them from being a snake. That's what he called them, snakes and vipers. You're just evil. And he, he had a good message. They were evil. And, but that was his, really, his message. And he said, I'm preparing the way for somebody that's going to bring a baptism of fire to you. Say, so I'm going to keep moving till I get the fire. That's part of it. A lot of people will get baptized and change their mind from some situation they're in, but they don't keep moving toward the fire. And so... When he starts following Yeshua and Yeshua starts pulling together those that he's going to make in leadership, he goes, gets Peter. Well, Peter is a businessman, a fisherman. And he goes and gets him and he brings him to him. And let me just read what it says here in John. Chapter 1, verses 40 and 42. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. The other one was Philip. There were only two out of the group that were being discipled by John the Baptist that said, we want to make a shift. Not everybody wants to make a shift. You can't get bogged down and you can't get fearful over those that aren't willing to go forward. You're going to have to let people choose how they are going to advance. And so, Andrew, he was Simon Peter's brother. And he went and got Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, the Mashiach. The anointed one, the one we've been praying for, something happened when he got baptized. The heavens opened up. Things began to change. And we have found him. This man from Nazareth is going to lead us into freedom Based upon everything the prophets have, have said, he's going to do those things. And so, Simon comes just to check him out. 
And it says, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. Well, you know, when Jesus looks at us, he knows us. You know what that was saying is, you know, I, I, I know your family lineage, but I also know the potential of what you have and the inheritance that can be activated in you. The son of Jonah. Well, how many's ever read the story of Jonah? Because when you study this, it's not John. It's actually going to refer you back to Jonah. And that is very significant because in your bloodline are the mistakes of your ancestors. And when the Lord looks at you, he can say, you're the son of Jonah. And I know what your bloodline's done. But this is who you're going to be. See, that's what you have to think about. Because Jesus looks at him and says to him, you're going to be called Cephas. See, the very first time Jesus saw him, he looked at him and he told him his future. That's called prophecy. Not divination. He looked at him and said, this is who you are. And remember Jonah, he had a major call. He was a prophet. He, he heard God. God told him to go to Nineveh. And he chose to take another boat. And go somewhere else because he didn't like the people of Nineveh. Now, you're going to start seeing something in this month that's linked with Simon. You're going to start seeing something very important that this month, the mistakes from last season can be shifted. And before we do first fruits next week and start forward into the king is in the field, we want to be sure we are hearing what God is saying to us and saying, wait a minute, there's something better in store for me. You need to say it out loud right now. Lord, you got big plans for me. So he says, even though you're the son of Jonah, Simon, you're going to be a rock. But when you really look at this word, it's just not a rock. It's a bedrock. It's that large rock that can be built on. Now, the Lord prophesied that to him the first time he saw it. Now, flip over. We're going to look at something else. Flip over all the way to Luke 22, right before the Lord 
is crucified. See, one of the things that we get frustrated with in our life, and especially I think that's what we are dealing with right now, is the process we have to go through to be what God determined us to be in the beginning. We don't like that process. We don't like those testings. And see, what he's saying to Peter is, I'm going to make you a rock. Do you know when you start studying that, what it goes back to? It goes back all the way to Abraham. In other words, Jonah was your lineage. But I'm going to set you back like Abraham when Abraham took Isaac up and built me an altar and laid his future on the altar because he trusted me so much. That's who you're going to be like. Then the first time you really ever see it in the Word of God is with Gideon, where he prophesies to Gideon and says, Gideon, I got a big plan for you, and it's not for you to hide out in threshing wheat in the wine press. It's not for the enemy for one more year, seven years in a row, to take everything you've got. It's for you to reestablish the purpose I have and the blessings of my covenant here in Israel. And so he says to him to do that. Well, you know, Gideon, he's saying, you're going to have to give me sign after sign after, you know, sometimes we just wear the Lord out. (laughs) You're going to have to give me this sign. You're going to have to give me this sign. You're going to have to give me this sign. By that time, I think he's just saying, oh my, I am out of signs. (laughs) You missed that turn way back down there somewhere. And he says to Gideon, now to do that, you're going to have to tear your father's altar down. Then upon a new rock, you're going to have to build a new altar of worship. Well, Gideon, still, we still have portions of our emotional upheaval within us. And so he did it at night because he knew people were going to get mad for him tearing down the altar of Baal. But some way or another, God had gotten through to him. Poke somebody and say, I know this is going to happen to you. Some way or another, God had gotten through to him. He tore down one altar and rebuilt the rock, a new altar of worship. And even his dad said, well, you know, we're not going to kill him over this. If, ba- if Baal can't defend himself, that's Baal's problem. Now, I want to tell you something. Some of you are worried too much 
about how you're going to defend yourself. And all you got to do is obey. That's the only defense you have. And once you obey, then that thing that you're up against, it's going to have to prove itself greater than God. It's really that simple. And so, here you have Peter now... The Lord going to the cross, it's been three years he's been with the Lord. The Lord prophesied the first time he met him about who he was going to be. And here, (coughs) now, right before he goes to the cross, he tells the Lord how he's going to stand with him. Well, you know, the Lord knows what we're dealing with, people. He knows how we are. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked you, asked for you that he might sift you as wheat. But I've already prayed you through. Now, what does that mean? It means when I first saw you in your mother's womb, I knew what I had planned. Then when I saw you, I prophesied to what you were going to be. Now you are still a mess. We've been in this for three years together and you are still a mess. So Satan is going to try to sift you because of the mess you're in. Do you know what that means? Satan wants to tear you apart. And what he wants to do is destroy you. And pull you apart so you're not whole anymore. But I've already prayed you through. Now I want you to say this out loud. He has already prayed me through. Already. Already. You have to know when you get in the mess of all messes, He has already prayed you through. And some way or another, you have to hook into that that gets you through to where he has already gotten you. All the overcomers in the house. Now, there's one more verse. Let's go back into before the Lord has to remind Peter and then he says to him, you're going to deny me three times before the, before the morning, before the cock crows. But somewhere or another, in all of your mess, in all of your denial, in all of your fear, I've already prayed you through. Already. Now let's go back. <laughs> Two years and 
11 months after he prophesied to Peter to say, you're going to be the rock. Look at Matthew 16 with me. Because see, that word actually is kepha, which means I'm going to make you something that others can build on. See, that's what this year is about. That's what the war this year is over. What will we be building on in the future? How will we be building in our future? And so, the Lord is getting almost to the place where the Lord is having to go to Jerusalem to accomplish what Father sent him here for, and he takes them to the darkest place there is, Caesarea Philippi. It's where uh, Pan is worshipped, pandemic. Uh, it's, it's an evil portal. And yet, and see, some of us get afraid of evil portals. And the Lord took all of his disciples to the most evil portal in the region. And he did something while he was there. He asked them, he said, people are talking about me all over Israel. Who are they saying I am? And they said, well, some think you've been reincarnated. You're Elijah, come back. You're Jeremiah, come back. He said, then who do you say that I am? And all of a sudden in this dark, evil place, Peter, who is so up and down in his life and still has not gotten what God said to him at the beginning, the first day he saw him, all of a sudden Peter says to him, you're the Meshach. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You came to redeem us. And the Lord looks at him. And you know what he does? Two, and a half, two years, 11 months, and two weeks later, he prophesies to him again. He says, upon this rock... Peter, he said, only the Father could have revealed that to you. Now think about this. This is with pan ruling and all the pan worship going on in the area. And he says, you some way tapped into Father right here. And he says, only Father could have revealed that to you. And upon this rock, this bedrock, I'm going to start building the future. The ecclesia, the governing body for the future. And you know what? He goes on to say, and the gates of hell, which that was known as the gates of hell. That's why he took them there. He will take you to the gate of hell to give you revelation of who he is. The gates of hell will not be able to stop this building process. 
look at somebody and says, looks like we're still doing it. Like we're still doing it. And he said, and then learn from the Romans because I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom because you're going to have to build the church on a bedrock. Then you're going to have to build. The church is like a wineskin. It's going to have to be built every seven years or so for the future. So you can add sons and daughters to it and a framework that will stand. That's what the word build means. You're going to be building the church on this revelation. What you speak. What you just spoke out into the atmosphere at the gate of hell. Now I'm going to say it again. That place is called the gate of hell. And Peter said, but you the anointed one that came to redeem us. And he loosed that revelation at the gate of hell. This is what this whole era is about. Loosing revelation in the midst of adversity. How will you speak and say what you need to say? And he said, and then I'm going to give you keys that you need. And that means you're going to let certain things happen. And you're going to stop certain things from happening. But it all depends upon how you speak. And how you uncover what you need to uncover. Now, Peter is getting the prophecy of all prophecies. I mean, the prophecy for the rest of the earth development. That's what God is trying to say to us right now. I know when I started with you, I'm repeating certain things to you right now. And God's still going to have to get you through. And I've already prayed you through because there's still messes ahead for you. That really is sort of what this month is about. Lots of narrow places. Lots of hard things going on. But I've already prayed you through. Amen. Amen. So, what we're really talking about here at the end of this month is the power of redemptive prophecy. Redemption means 
I've already paid for what you are to receive. Something happens to Peter and within five minutes after the Lord gives him the prophecy of all prophecies. The Lord then says, now that you've got it, Peter, I can go ahead and do what Father sent me to do. And Peter pulls him aside. He's telling what's going to happen. He's going to say, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. And then I'm going to resurrect in three days. Peter pulls him aside and said, I forbid you to do that. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, this prophecy that he got, he wasn't using it the way the Lord wanted him to use it. So the Lord looked at him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. You are not mindful of who you are. In other words, your human reasoning over is ruling over my will for your life. Your human reasoning and your emotional ties are trying to prevent me from accomplishing what I'm supposed to accomplish. Therefore, Satan's hooked into you. Now flip forward two weeks later when the Lord is going to the cross and Peter's saying, again, I'm going to stand with you. And the Lord's saying, you ain't even going to make it through the night. Before the dawn even comes up, because the cock crows around 3 a.m. to 4 a.m., you're going to already have denied that you're even associated with me three times. But I prayed you through. Woo! I prayed you through when I prophesied to you the first time. I prayed you through when I prophesied to you the second time. And I prayed you through even though you ain't even trying to go through. Somebody say, he prayed. See, you prophesy according to your faith. That means the first time the Lord laid eyes on him, he had faith for the end of him. The first time he laid eyes on you, he already had faith for you to get there. Hallelujah. See, that's what redemptive prophecy is about. And this is, you know, we sang today, this is who you are. Look, this is who you are. Go ahead, Brian. You're, you're a treasure in the field. Wow. 
The kingdom is like a treasure buried in the field. And the kingdom of God is within you. So you are a treasure. Say it out loud. I'm a treasure waiting to be happy. Waiting to be found. Tell somebody. I am a treasure waiting to be found. Doesn't matter that you feel abandoned. Doesn't matter that you messed up bad even yesterday. You are still a treasure waiting to be found. Hallelujah. Now what's what does the word redeem redeem mean? If he can redeem Peter, he can redeem all of us. Yep, no, that's right. <laughs> I remember when Reggie Crawford got saved. I led him to the Lord at the bowling alley, which, you know, can be trashy, sort of like Caesarea Philippi. <clears throat> and, you know, so he hadn't been in all this for a long time. But I noticed with him, he gets certain things. Real easy. And he got this some way right after he got saved. Well, if God can save Peter and he can save Paul, I know I got it made. (laughs) You have to understand that God already sees you through. Redemption is where you cut something loose, like we were doing this morning. You sever, you deliver. You, you all of a sudden, you're untangled. You, you've been bought back. You lost something, but it's already been bought back. You go into a store, and there's that thing that you lost And it's already paid for, and it's coming back to you. We get a lot of gifts given to us, jewelry. Sometimes I will send it back and say, you gave it, you let go of it, it's redeemed. Wear it new and fresh. It's where redemption is where you... Actually, use someone stronger and in a better position to levy freedom for you. A master can ransom their slave. You don't have to be a slave because if you change and align right with the master, you can be redeemed. It's really more than being set free. It means paid in full. Look at somebody and tell them, you've been paid for. It's the one thing the enemy hates. 
Peter, the enemy has desired. Peter, the enemy has desired to sift you. But I've already prayed you through. Now, you're going to feel like you are being torn apart. But you've already been prayed through. Because he's going to try to destroy you. And all I'm allowing him to do is to pull things out of you. Come on, come on. That will cause you to not be all you're supposed to be in the future. Yes, yes. See, the enemy desires your blessing cycle. Wow. He said, I know what God had for you. And I've got resources in you. This is what John 8, says. I've still got some resources you're hanging on to inside of you. So I'm going to use my resources. See, if you don't get rid of anger, hell's going to use it. Yep. You don't get rid of rejection, you'll reject. You don't get rid of division, you'll divide. Wow. Woo. You don't get rid of poverty, you'll want everything everybody else has. That's called covetousness. Because poverty says, I really don't believe God can give me what I'm supposed to have. See, it's not about being wealthy. It's about having everything you need to succeed. See, this is why we go through a month like Av. Because we got to get narrow enough to get through. And the thing you always want to remember at the beginning of this month, he's already prayed you through. Hallelujah. And you have to remember, though, that there is such a war because the enemy wants you to agree with the iniquitous cycles within you. And once you agree with them, they adhere to you. Peter, you are not mindful of how you think and how emotionally messed up you are. Because there's things in you that are attached to your emotions and your thinking. So, I'm going to have to let you see them and see how the enemy is using them against you. That's why we get tested. You're going to have to see how the enemies using those things in you to try to destroy you. He's going to use them to try to fragment you like Keith was prophesying. To cause you to be lumpy. And broken up. But I've already prayed you through and you're going to be whole. But there's some way you're going to have to get to a place one day to agree with me. 
You ain't going to get it just because you don't like what you're going through. You're going to have to get it by revelation. Then you're going to have to prophesy it. And you're going to have to say it the way I say it. This is where we get messed up. Peter, you are the son of Jonah, but I call you a bedrock. Now, through all this process you go through in the next three years, you're going to have to come into which one you're going to agree with. You're going to be the bedrock that I determined are you going to be that one that has an incredible call but runs from it every time things get rough? Are you going to allow the enemy to sift you into little pieces so you're not sound in your thinking? Or are you going to allow me to launch you forth and send you out into your future. I've already prayed it through. But you some way going to have to agree with it because he goes ahead and tells Peter in Matthew 18, where two are in agreement over it, I come into the midst of them, I become the Velcro that sticks them together. So if you don't agree with it, I can't stick it to you. Look at somebody and say he's trying to stick it to you. (laughs) But if you don't agree with it, it ain't going to stick. You'll be the same messed up Simon next week because you will not believe what I said the first time I prophesied to you. That's why this month becomes so difficult. We're hung in this place of contending, being contended over, having to come into some sort of alignment, choosing, thanks Brian for helping me, choosing to be either the gateway to the promise for a whole bloodline, for a whole territory, for a whole nation, are getting right up to the moment and saying, I don't have anything to do with that. That's what Peter did. But let's end by looking at a verse in John 21. Now this is after the Lord has already died, resurrected, And come back and met with them. 
You know, I mean, I'm telling you. He will go and go and go to try to get you to where you need to be. And so, he's already... The women, it says this in John 20, they, it was so much easier for them to believe him. Something about the disciples and the trauma they went through, they would get confused so easily. They would doubt so easily. And he says that when he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he said, how long are you going to be with me and not get it? Ooh, I felt like that a lot. <laughs> How long are you going to be with me and not get this thing that I've been trying to tell you? I mean, I have fast learners. Uh, you know, I, I, I teach creative children. I worked with creative children. Uh, Kiwi's a fast learner. Some aren't as quickly, as quick as he is. I mean, even when Michelle said today, thank God I got up and prayed. I looked at Chad. I had to wake him up three times this week. I said, what if I'd have died? You would have been in a bigger mess than me. I knew why. I know what's going to happen to me. It's you that's going to be in the mess. So you see the Lord. And listen, the Lord doesn't, he, he doesn't make it hard for us, people. Right in the early goings in the first six months of the discipleship, he gets in Peter and Andrew's boats. And he's teaching because the crowd is just being, being drawn to him. And then all of a sudden, when they've gotten the net mended, they come back and get in the boat. And he all of a sudden takes over the boat. They should have known right, now, right then, this man's got something we ain't used to. And he looked at them and said, launch out. And Peter again said, Lord, we have fished all night. You do not know what you're talking about. You're not a fisherman. You don't know anything about this. But nevertheless, see, don't you, don't you want to choke people like that? <laughs> but nevertheless, we'll do it just because we respect you. He does not need you just to do it. But then once he gets them out there, he shows them how to do it. He said, you've been doing it this way. Cast your net this way. Well, I mean, they got enough fish to last them for a year. So, after he dies, after he resurrects, after he comes back and visits them, after he blows on them 
and shifts from, from being, it finally, you know, finally you just say, you were my disciples, I'm going to make you an apostle. In other words, I've been teaching you for three years, you're just going to have to be sent. See, eventually the Lord says, I've taught you all I can teach you. I'm just going to send you forth. That was in John 20. And the Holy Spirit comes on them. And then they still don't quite get it. They go back fishing. Well, he's already met them once when they were fishing. And he decides to meet them again while they're fishing. Because evidently they didn't quite get it the first time when he met them. Look at somebody and say, I am glad he shows up over and over and over. I'm so glad. And here's where he says... I'm going to shift you this time. Then you're going to have to make a choice. So he gives them out and he says, cast the net to the other side. They fished on it and caught a thing. They pull in 153 huge fish. Some way, all of a sudden, in their businesses, they recognize who he is. Now, they didn't recognize him too well in the church. But they recognized him in the business. And all of a sudden, his ability to shift them and shift their brain to another side causes them to see it. See, some of you are thinking too much in last season's order. And you're going to have to shift your brain to the other side. Until you see it. Now, all of you on the web, it's just as if you're here with us today. You're going to have to shift your brain to see him in a new way. And so when they get back, he says, all right, this is my, really, this is going to be my last shot with Peter. But I'm sure he's looking up at Father and saying, Father, now I can't say anything unless you tell me to say it. So you got to tell me what to say to him. And so... He says to him, because Peter, all of a sudden, there's something about Peter. Some way or another, this fishing trip caused him to see it's the Lord. See, don't miss your moments when the Lord shows up. Because it's those moments that's going to give you your perspective for your future. And so, he says to Peter, Peter, 
do you love me more than all these people you run around with? He said, well, Lord, yes, I love you. He said, Peter, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord. Peter, do you love me? That means, are we intimately aligned for our future together? See, Pam and I are going to the end with each other. We didn't even start off liking each other. But we going to the end with each other. See, that's the way it is usually in our relationship with the Lord. We don't like all the changes he's bringing right at first. We don't like having to become one with him and laying down our thoughts and our emotions. But eventually things start interwining with us and we become one. And we think alike. And so he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, well, Lord, you know, I've made so many mistakes. I guess only you know whether I do or I don't. And then the Lord says, okay, let me extend a call to you. Feed my sheep. Be a shepherd to my sheep. Pasture my sheep. That means see for them and keep them in right boundaries. And then he said, really, all you've got to do from this day forward is just go where I go. Follow me. Do what I do. If I don't go somewhere, you don't go. If I don't eat something, you don't eat it. If I don't drink, you don't drink. But I might have some wine. I'm known for it. So if I have a glass of wine, you have a glass of wine. All you got to do is follow me from this day forward because I prophesied this to you at the beginning. I prophesied it to you again. I told you the devil was going to try to do you under, but I'd already prayed you through. Now we're at the place for you to make the decision. All you got to do is say, I'm going to follow you. Do you know what Peter says? What are you going to do with John? 
I mean, don't you think the Lord just wants to say, you know, Father, I've already told James and John not to call lightning down on people, but I'm getting real close to it here. He said, what is it to you? What I do with John? You follow me. That's all you have to do. Chad, don't worry about what I'm going to do with Justin. Josh, quit looking around at what I'm even going to do with Lauren. I'm asking you, are you going to follow me? And finally, something happens to Peter. It takes about 40 days. But all of a sudden, Peter starts becoming who he was meant to be. Let's stand up. See, before we celebrate going into this next year, really at the end of this hard month, all you have to do is say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Just lift your hands. I'm going to follow you. Justin, come up and get on the other keyboard. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go where you tell me. I'm going to do what you do. I'm not going to be fearful of going down certain roads. I'm going to make it through and into the new. I'm going to do this. And all you have to do is remember about Peter. He struggled over and over and over. The Lord never gave up on him. He's never going to give up on you. Now, he might say, my only choice right now is because you're not choosing to follow. It's to let you go down a path that's going to be a little scary for you. But all you have to do is say, well, Lord, if I get down that path and I don't see you, have me turn around quickly. Because you've already prayed me through. Say that out loud. Lord, thank you for praying me through. Justin, just begin to play. See, there's a sound of redemption. You need to build it within. Now, Chad, you just play right along with it. And let the sound that we all have together 
began to just build and move. Thank him right now that he already knows where you're going. striving to get there just thank him that he already knows where you're going and quit worrying about everyone around you getting to you're there that's stopping you from experiencing things I'm not worried about Elaine getting to where she's supposed to be I know God too well He's quite capable. I watch all of my kids. They've all struggled. But some way or another, he promised me from the beginning before we had kids, all my children would be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of my children. And I would have to say, Lord, how you want me to help you with this? So they become whole. Even when they're being ripped apart and they're messed up, how can they become whole? Just lift your hands right now and say, Lord, all I care about is obeying and following you. Lord, thank you for getting me through this narrow place this month. Thank you that I'm coming into a greater fullness. Thank you, Lord, that you have changed me and you're changing me into my identity that you determined from the beginning. it out for you. But he's ready to meet with you again. He's ready to come and say, do you really love me? Do you really love me? Do you really love me? Then just follow me. Follow me. Don't make this hard. Do what I tell you to do. Don't get the next best diet that comes out. Just eat with me. Walk with me. Talk with me. If I go into the gates of hell, be willing to go in with me. You're all I've got to work with with the gates of hell. Don't be afraid of everything that's happening all around the world. The war, wars and rumors of wars will always be with you. Follow me. Believe in me. Stick to me. Say it out loud. Lord, I'm going to choose today to stick with you Elaine hand me this I'm going to choose today to stick with you we've been getting unstuck today so 
we can get re-stuck with you. That you can gird us with the truth we need, with the revelation we need, so we get to where you have us going. Then all of a sudden something happens to Peter right at the beautiful gate. The Lord has walked past it with him for three years. The same man begging over and over. And all of a sudden the Lord's not with Peter this time. But Peter knows the Lord this time. He's followed him. He walks by and this man says, do you have some alms for me? And Peter said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't have a penny that can help you, but in his name that I'm following, rise up. And after 38 years, the man stood up. If you will say today you're going to follow him, you'll do things he never did but he's already ready to do because he's already prayed you through them tell him how much you love him father I send us forth today to follow you. And Holy Spirit, I say, fill us. Fill us. Empower us to walk every step that has been determined for each one of us. Let's give a shout and thank Him for what He's doing. Thank Him for what He's doing. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him you're going to make it. Thank Him. Thank Him He's already got you there. Thank Him right now. Thank Him for the breakthrough that is coming and stick with Him till you get there. Let's give one more shout. Bless two or three people. Say to them one more time. He's already got you through this month.